please. We're going to go uh, to the book of Samuel, 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel, and we're going to go to chapter 22, and we're going to talk about supernatural debt cancellation, that God wants to cancel your debt, and we believe out of debt with no sweat is a good idea. Praise the Lord. Believe it's a God idea, and then we can get out of debt with no sweat as a church, but we believe while we're getting the church building out of debt, we believe God's helping you get out of debt. Amen? How many believe God wants to help you get out of debt? What do the rest of you believe? I said, how many believe that the Lord wants to help you get out of debt? Some debt cancellation in your life. Praise the Lord. So in 1 Samuel chapter 22, verse 1, it says, David therefore departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And so when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down there to him and everyone who was in distress and everyone who was in debt and everyone who was discontented gathered unto him. And so he became captain over them and there were about 400 men with him. I shared this verse with you last, these verses with you last week, and uh, we just talked about more of the practical side of getting out of debt and having your debt erased in your life. And today we want to talk about some supernatural debt cancellation, that God can do something for you that you could not do for yourself. And if you will trust him, believe him, I believe he's going to do something for you that you could not do for yourself. And in this case, we see that uh, uh, David was running from Saul. Uh, the Saul was the king and was trying to kill him. He was hiding out in the cave of Adullam. His father and his brothers heard about it. They went to him, joined themselves with him. And then 400 men, it said, also joined themselves to David. And in this case, they were all... The those 400 men were in debt, distress, and discontent. Wasn't a happy bunch of people. I mean, they were in debt, over-indebted in their lives, and they were discontent and distressed, and there was a lot of stress in their life. And uh, if you're overly indebted, it will cause stress in your life as an individual, emotionally, mentally, and also can affect you physically because uh, you're under this weight. And it's not God's will for you to be under the weight of this world and certainly not under the weight of debt. So in this case, that was the case. They were in debt. They were distressed. They were discontent, unhappy. But so wasn't seemingly the best group of people that joined themselves to David in this time, he needed some help, right? Uh, well, they became mighty men. They were mighty men of war, and eventually they were part of his leadership team. Thank you, Jesus. And so God wants uh, people to be raised up, and he wants them to experience. Now, David became the king, and we can look at it in First Chronicles, and we won't look there right now, but in First Chronicles chapter 29, uh, David became king, and his mighty men were a part of his leadership team. And so, thank God, we've got leadership that came out of all kinds of stuff. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, I just told you about Omar. He came out of uh, prison, and now he's a leader in this church. That's a foot on the devil's head, amen? 
And I could go on and on about people's lives, where they came from, and how the Lord delivered them and their leaders and some on our staff. God brought them out of all kinds of stuff, but Jesus changed their life. And so here they joined themselves to David, and uh, the anointing of God was on his life, and the call of God was on him to be king. And so eventually, God not only got them out of debt, but they were able to give tremendously for the building of the temple as a result of their obedience to God. Well, I believe God can turn your life around, and he can do some supernatural things that you didn't have figured out, but God did something beyond what you could figure out and did something supernatural. And God put his super on your natural. So let's look at a story about how this happened in 2 Kings chapter 4. And we'll go to verse uh, 1. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. It says this, A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord. Here's a pretty bad situation. Her husband has died. And so she's saying uh, to Elisha, your servant, my husband, was uh, fearing the Lord, and he was a faithful man. And now uh, the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. In other words, they're going to enslave her own children in order to pay off the debt that she owed, that her husband left her with. You know, people don't always plan for those kinds of things. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And God will always ask you, what do you have? What are you going to do? Thank you. Thank you for your excitement. In other words, when you have something that God wants you to do, you've got to do something with what you have. All right, so you do your part, that's the natural, and God then does his part, that's the super, and the supernatural happens in your life. So he said, what do you have in your house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Now, oil was a pretty important thing in their day. In this situation, oil was pretty vital, but that's all she's got. I don't have anything but a jar of oil. Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. So he gave her instruction. I've found that if you will cry out to God, he will give you specific instructions what you are to do. And he will help you to get out of your debt dilemma situation. When you don't know what to do, God knows what to do. And he can show you and he can help you to take the right steps, make the right steps to get out of debt in your life. And so God, that's supernatural in itself, that the Holy Spirit can talk to you. The Holy Spirit can guide you. The Holy Spirit can direct you when you put your confidence in Him. And so in this case, the man of God, the prophet of God, she cried out to the prophet of God, and she had confidence that her husband was one who feared the Lord. And she knew he was a faithful man. So she said, look, Elisha, what has happened? He has died, and my son's about to go into slavery as a result of my debt. The creditors are come to take my sons away. He said, what do you have in your house? Go borrow some vessels and don't just borrow a few, but get quite a few. Amen. A lot of vessels. Get ready because God's about to do something. Amen. And so he gave her specific instruction. 
And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour it into all those vessels. So she's just got a little jar of oil. And you're going to pour into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door. You know it takes a spirit of faith to do what he just told her to do. You got a little jar of oil. He said, go borrow all these vessels. Shut the door behind you, you and your sons, and start pouring it into those vessels. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her, and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. Bring me another vessel. And he said to her, There is not another vessel. In other words, she determined the size of her miracle. Because he said, don't borrow just a few. I want you to borrow a lot of vessels because I'm about to do, God's about to do a miracle in your life, and I want you to be prepared for it. Thank you, Jesus. So she had to do something with what she had, didn't she? And she had to believe beyond what she had and she had to have faith in God that God could do much more than she could do but he could take a little that she had and make it a whole lot how many believe God can take a little that you have and make it a whole lot so she borrowed the vessels she poured the oil in and as soon as she had run out of vessels that she they borrowed it says the oil ceased So again, she determined the size of her miracle, and your faith is an act. So she had to act in faith, and she had to go get those vessels. Her sons had to go get the vessels, borrow the vessels, bring them back, and she then had to act in faith and start pouring. So, I mean, you know, she just got a little thing of oil, and she starts pouring. But as long as she had vessels coming, the oil kept flowing. Thank you, Jesus. And so, let's look a little further in this passage. What does he say next? Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, go and sell the oil. So you don't always know everything, but if you'll take steps of faith and do what you know to do, Holy Spirit is giving you direction, and then he'll give you the next step. In this case, go sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your sons will live on the rest. Wow. So God required her to do something, and she did what the Holy Spirit or the prophet of God, in this case, the Holy Spirit on him, said to her. She did that. And as a result, she received a miracle from God. She obeyed God, and she received a miracle from God. And he said, go pay your debt and live on the rest. There's another story in 1 Kings chapter 17 of a a, a widow woman who was there, she and her son, about to eat, bake and eat their last cake. And their plan is, this is the end. We're going to die. The best she could do. Because there had been a famine for three, over three years. And here, there, nothing to eat. They're hungry. Many other people are hungry as well. God had provided for Elijah, the prophet. He had provided for him supernaturally. The ravens had come and fed him in the morning, in the evening. He was drinking from the brook, and the brook dried up. And the Lord said, I want you to go to Zarephath, to a widow woman there. I have commanded to sustain you. 
Now, it would be nice if the prophet heard the Lord say, there is a rich man over in Zarephath, and I have commanded him to sustain you. But no, God sent him to a widow woman, and she was about to eat her last cake and die. God sent him to somebody that was at the end of their resource, and God wanted to do a miracle, no doubt, for a woman who loved God, but yet she didn't have anything. Hardly left. So when he got there, he asked for a drink of water, and then he said, make me a little cake first. And the woman said, I have just a little, uh, little oil in a cruise and a, a handful of meal in a barrel. That's all I have. Me and my son, we're going to eat this and we're going to die. He said, make me a little cake first. So she went and did according to what the prophet said. She did it in obedience to the Lord, I believe. And when she did, God did something supernatural for her. God put his super on her natural. She believed God. She acted on what she heard and she believed the word of the Lord through the prophet of God and she went and acted and when she did the cruise of all it said did not fail and neither did the barrel of meal waste. In other words God just filled it up to the top. She was scraping off the bottom of the barrel. God filled her barrel and now she's dipping off the top of the barrel. God knows how to take you from the bottom to the top. He can make you the head and not the tail above and not beneath. God knows how to bless you and turn your captivity. God knows how to change some things for you, get you out of debt with no sweat. Hallelujah. Now, instead of living off the bottom of the barrel, praise God, you're living off the top of the barrel. I'm preaching better than you're amen. Anybody hearing me this morning? <laughs> so God doesn't want you always scraping the bottom. No, he wants you to live off the top. So it says in, in the scripture, it actually says that she and he and her house did eat many days. The margin of my Bible says they did eat for one full year. In other words, she continued to feed her son, but she continued to feed the prophet, prophet of God. And as a result, God continued to fill her barrel. So there is the natural side of you doing what the Holy Spirit instructs you to do. <coughs> There's the giving side, right? And there is the believing side. God gives seed to the what? Sower. Bread for your food. And what does he do? Multiplies your seed sown. So every time she would dip out of that barrel, God would fill it up. Every time she'd pour some oil out of that cruise, God would refill it. God will refill your bank account. God will refill your resources. <coughs> God will enable you to pay your debt. Everybody say, out of debt. With no sweat. All right, let's look at another story. In the book of Kings, 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 1. It says it this way. The sons of the prophets said to Elisha, See now, the place where we dwell with you is too small. Please let us go to, to the Jordan and let every man take a beam from there and let us make there a place where we may dwell. And needed a larger place. So he answered, go. He answered, go. Then one said, please consent to go with your servants. And he answered, I will go. They said, because they wanted the prophet of God to go with them. 
So he answered, I will go. So he went with them. And when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. And as one was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. <coughs> the axe head came off. Now, I've swung an axe and I've swung hammers and, you know, at a certain point, sometimes, because they're wore out, it'll come off the end. And so, that's what happened. He's cutting the tree. He's swinging the axe. Axe head flies off the end. It was old, wore out. And so, it fell into the water. And he cried out and said, Alas, Master, it was borrowed. How many have ever borrowed a tool from somebody? And it just happened to break when you were using it. Right? You know what I'm talking about? You borrowed a tool. And man, when you borrowed that tool and it broke while you were doing your job, you can't even finish the job. And you're thinking, man, I should have went to the store. I should have went to Lowe's or somewhere. I should have bought me something. But it's should have too late. You know, should have. Y'all know about shoulda, don't you? Shoulda did this, shoulda done that, shoulda. But you didn't, so it's too late, right? You didn't do that. I could work with shoulda. But anyway, we'll move on. So shoulda went to uh, Lowe's and, and uh, bought me my own tool. And then, uh, you know, it probably wouldn't have broke. All right, but now you owe, you owe, right? You owe that. Two back, and now you got to go buy another one, or you got to return it. So here he is, the axe head's in the in the water, and and so it's it's lost. It was borrowed. So the man of God said, "Where did it fall?" And he showed him the place. So he cut off a stick and threw it in there, and he made the iron float. King James Version said the iron did swim. If you think iron swims, you're a little slow. All right, naturally, you understand. From the natural perspective, you know iron does not swim. Iron sinks. It's gone. And he said, where did it fall? Now, I can assure you, he didn't know exactly where it fell. If you're swinging an axe and it comes off, you don't know exactly where it fell. And I've been to Israel many times, and if you go to the Jordan, it's not like clear water. It's a muddy river. So you can't go over there. Oh, there it is right there. Just jump in and get it. No, it ain't going to happen that way. So, because you don't see it. It's not clear water. It's muddy water. So here the prophet, he just put a stick in the water, and, it, and the iron did swim. The iron floated. That's pretty cool. Now, you can't do that without God. You can throw all kinds of sticks in the water. But if God's in it, praise God, if God's got his hand on that miracle, praise God, then something supernatural is about to happen. And what happened? The iron swam, the, it floated, and therefore he said, pick it up for yourself. You know, sometimes the Lord's blessing people, and they won't even receive it. They won't even pick it up. So you got to receive the blessing when it shows up. 
When God is giving you some way out of debt, you got to receive what God is doing in your life. So he said, pick it up. So there's a part that we have to do. He reached out his hand and took it. So the Holy Spirit wants you to be able to receive as well as give. God wants you to be able to receive the blessing when it comes to your life. And when it does show up, you receive it. You can pay it back. So here this guy is supernaturally out of debt. I mean, really, if you borrowed a tool that costs $500 and it broke on your usage, you owe, right? So this guy was out of debt supernaturally. So I happen to believe that these stories in the Bible were not just stories so we could read like, and say, well, that's cool. That's a cool Bible story. No, I believe it's there for our faith to say, if God could do it then, God can do it now. I mean, I believe God still does miracles today. He does healing miracles. He does restoration miracles, saving miracles. Come on, restores people's souls. But he also does financial miracles as well. He does some turnaround things in your life. He does things that are supernatural. Now, you have to do your part, but God certainly will do his part. And if you'll do your natural, God will put his super on your natural, and it will happen supernaturally. So you just, I just told you last week, what do you do? You just look at those five credit card debts if you got five credit cards. You look at those, you don't really want to, I know, but you look at those and you figure out on that bill where it has in fine print that most people need glasses to read, you know, special glasses like magnifying glasses, you know, that magnify that little, the little number there, and it says 25.9%, and the other one said 21, and the other one said 19, and the other one said uh, 22, whatever. You, you understand the highest one, you pick it, and you say, I'm going to kill you today. I'm going to get rid of you. I'm talking to you today, and I'm telling you to be removed out of my life, and I believe in the name of Jesus, I'm out of that debt right there, and then you start paying extra on that bill and every week you just or every month you just pay extra on that bill and you plan to destroy that debt out of your life that's just practical but when you're doing the natural in other words you're planning to get out of debt you're on a mission I said you're on a mission when you're on a mission and you are planning to get out of debt I believe Holy Spirit will help you in that process and God will put his super on your natural and then before you know it there was a lady shared with me after service this morning her husband and I know her she's a member of the church has been for years she and her husband were members of the church but her husband just all of a sudden just left her and I know it was devastating I mean he left her she had a bunch of debt and she's had this debt, and she just told me this morning after the service when I preached on this, she said, uh, you know, I look back at my uh, history of debt, and I found out that a lot of it was canceled. She said, I've sweated over it. It's been very trying and testing over these years, but it's been seven years now, and she's looked back, and she has seen how God has erased debt supernaturally. It is no longer on her record, and it just disappeared. Some of it just disappeared. 
She doesn't even know where some of it went, but she's done her part the best she could to pay on that debt over these years, and it has been erased, thank God. And she says, now, you know, in seven years, some of, that, uh, some of your credit uh, could, you know, be wiped out. In other words, that bad credit uh, uh, score and so forth. Now, in seven years now, she said, I'm, I, I'm getting ready to buy a house. Praise God. Hallelujah to Jesus. But it takes diligence. It takes tenacity. I mean, that was, you know, the devil tries to mess up marriages and families, and here she's left with all that debt. But look what the Lord has done. He's turned her captivity. It don't matter what the devil has done in your past. God is working right now in your present and in your future. Listen, I know it's a hard deal, and it was tough. And she said it was hard to give sometimes, and sometimes it affected my giving. But I'll tell you, if you get out of debt, then you are free to give. You live to give. And it's not always sweating over your bills, sweating over this and sweating over that. Oh, I can't give because. No, I can't give because. I'm not in debt. Hallelujah. I'm not having that hang over my head. Thank God it liberates you. And she said, now I am so happy to be free. Hallelujah to Jesus. Say, so, yeah, she's going in more debt, but she's going to be able to handle it. Praise God. And she then said, she, this is not the whole testimony. I'm just giving you a little piece. But she said, I just got a promotion. I got chosen out of, uh, and it was just my dream job. Hallelujah. My dream job. You know, God is a dreamer. He's thinking about you. He watches, watches your faithfulness over the years. She's got, getting her, just got her dream job, and she's going to be able to train doctors and, 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 and in the health area and fitness and so forth, she's going to be able to train them about it. And so now she is living a dream. She's coming out of debt, not fully out, but she's still, she's got one major one she's still working on, but she's working on it and she's doing her part and God is doing his part and the hand of God will rest on you and God will turn things around for you if you'll do what you know to do. And especially when the Holy Spirit has given you clear direction and he might be giving you clear direction like this morning while I'm talking. Praise God. Some of it might come out of my mouth, but then the Holy Spirit may be talking to you specifically further and taking you further down the road of instruction, and you're able to apply that to your life, and look what God is doing. Amen? Praise God. You're going to have a testimony. How many believe that? I believe. I believe. When I was preparing for this, I believe the Holy Spirit has prompted me that as you're helping this church build and get out of debt, I'm not just slinging this out there. I know when Holy Spirit is prompting me about something, it's important. I'm going to say it to you. As you're helping this church get out of debt, God's going to help you get out of debt. Get some stuff erased in your life. Get debt erased out of your life. I believe Holy Spirit is working in you this morning. I believe he's setting you up for success, not for failure, but for success. And when you give to God and honor God, something's going to happen to turn your captivity in Jesus' name. Somebody ought to shout in here for a minute. Hey, I'm about to preach myself happy. I'm happy. 
when people get it. Amen. I'm happy when something good happens in your life. I'm happy when God turns your captivity. And I know God is happy. If I'm happy about it, I can tell you God's happy about it. And then you're going to be happy because you know God. Instead of distressed, discontent, in debt, unhappy, all beaten down with stress. And that was where she was at. You know, here it is. I mean, it's a difficult emotionally that her husband left her. But she's got left with all these bills and debt. And she's got to deal with it. So when you get married, you better have his name on it, honey. All right. No tricks on me. My name's not on everything. You leave me. This is a shared venture. Amen. <laughs> Just a thought. Praise the Lord. First Chronicles. You're in First Chronicles chapter 29. Thank you, Jesus. In 1 Chronicles chapter 29, I'm going to read just a portion of verse 2 for the sake of time. It said, Now I prepared with all my might for the house of my God. So David said, I prepared, because David had it in his heart to build a, te a temple for the Lord. He said, I prepared with all my might. And it lists the different materials that he had prepared. Verse 3, moreover, because I've set my affection to the house of my God, I have of my own proper good. Amplified Bible says private treasure. In other words, his personal resources. He said, out of my own private treasure, my own personal resources, I've set my affection to the house of God and I've given to the house of God gold and silver and, and, and I've given it uh, and he said over and above all that I prepared for the holy house over and above given means you're going to have some over and above living praise the Lord don't judge somebody's living if you hadn't seen their giving that's good preaching all right so he said, verse 4, even 3,000 talents of gold, the gold of Ophir, and 7,000 talents of refined silver to overlay the walls of the houses. In other words, he tells what he's going to give. He tells them exactly what he's giving. And uh, Pastor Andy, uh, in 2014, uh, was talking to Scott and asked him to do some figures because Scott is our children's ministry pastor. Andy is our youth minister, assistant pastor. But uh, he, he, Scott did some figures because he's a math guy, you know. And so he figured out how much this would be in 2014 because gold and silver obviously goes up and down, fluctuates. You understand that. But in 2014, David's offering, David's offering, personal private treasure was just under $5 billion. I did say billion. All right, so he said his personal offering was under $5 billion. Now let's go on. In verse 5, and the gold for things of gold, silver for things of silver, and for all manner of work to be made by the hands of the artificers, and who then is willing to consecrate his service this day to the Lord? What does he mean? David said, now who is willing to fill his hand? The margin of my Bible says fill his hand. Other translations say fill his hand. He said, who is willing to fill his hand and consecrate an offering to the Lord? And just verse 6, go to verse 6. Verse 6 says, Then the chief of the fathers, the princes of the tribes of Israel, the captains of thousands, with the rulers of the king's work. It says, 
and of hundreds and with the rulers of the king's work offered willingly, which means they offered a free will offering above their tithe, they gave to God. Now, who did this? The chief of the fathers, princes of the tribes of Israel, captains of thousands and of hundreds with the rulers of the king's work, offered willingly. Who, who is this? This is David's uh, men who were in the cave of Adullam when they showed up. Uh, David was running from Saul, and, and his and Saul's trying to kill him, but yet he's still anointed to be the future king and God had a plan for David but he also had a plan for those men who joined themselves to David there's a plan of God to turn things around you might have showed up broke but you're not going to stay that way amen you might have showed up in this church in a, a, a debt situation but by the spirit of God I declare decree that you're going to go free in Jesus name you're not going to live under that for the rest of your life God will liberate you and set you free now here, he said, who's willing? The captains and the leaders, the rulers, the people stood up. This is that 400 men. Now they're the leadership team. They're the people that have been faithful to David, and now they're in leadership. They didn't just stay in the cave of Adullam. They didn't stay in that broke place. They didn't stay in that discontent place. They didn't stay in that distressed place. They came out of the hole, praise God. Man, you ought to get happy because I'm talking to you today. Amen. And says, and then it tells the gold and the silver and the iron and so forth and the, the goods that they brought to God for the building of the, uh, of the temple. In today's monetary amount, in actually 2014 when the figures were done, it was over $8 billion. Over $8 billion. You say, now that's a little over my head. I understand that. But I want you to know that it is still possible today. Listen, it is still possible today. Just recently, my wife went to a Jewish uh, fundraising dinner, and we support the Jewish community. And so she went Saturday night. It was going to be late. I got to preach four times on Sunday and prepare on Saturday, so I didn't go. You understand. All right, so she went and represented. And so while she was there, this elderly gentleman, wanted to say something and he could hardly even speak so they gave him the microphone and, and they put the microphone up to him and and he started speaking everybody got real quiet in the room because he could hardly speak so they couldn't hardly hear him and now with the microphone now they could hear him and and he said well I've known this particular man in the room or, or that was a part of it he said I've known him for over 50 years and he came to me years ago and he said, I'm going to start this new business venture and it, I'm going to make a billion dollars. He was already a millionaire, multimillionaire. He said, but I'm going to make a billion dollars. And he said, oh, what are you going to do with a billion dollars? Why don't you just go down to Florida and just, you know, relax the rest of your life? He said, no, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to make a billion dollars. What you going to do with a billion dollars? Personal friends for over 50 years. He said, I'm going to give it away. My wife and I have already made a list of things we're going to give to. We've already de decided what we're going to give to. I'm going to give it away. Wow. What a planner. Amen. He's not just planning. He's got money. He's got plenty of money. He said, I'm going to give it away. Praise God. And he's given billions of dollars to help people. Wow. So it is still possible. Don't, don't shut it down. This is just a Bible story. 
No, this is God, and God can do it again. Amen. Listen, if you just do with what you have, uh, oh, this is just a Bible story. The iron swam. This is just a Bible story. The oil just kept flowing. No, this is an example of the miracle working power of God. If you desire to give, God will give seed to the sower, bread for your food, and multiply your seed sowing. If you get sown, if you get addicted to giving, God will support your habit. Hallelujah. If you love to give, live to give. Hear these guys, they were distressed, discontent, and in debt. But now they're giving generously. They've probably been given in between now, but now they're able to give billions of dollars corporately. In other words, as a team. Listen, and then it says in verse 9, the people rejoiced for that they offered willingly because with perfect heart they offered willingly unto the Lord. In other words, everybody got involved in giving. And so when you get involved in giving, you're going to have some over and above giving. You're going to also have some over and above living. God's going to do some things that you wouldn't even do for yourself. And I've watched God do that in people's lives, watched him do it in my life, that he's done things for me and done things for people in this room room that you wouldn't have even decided to do for yourself, but God does exceeding abundant above all that you even ask or think. So if you're determined to be a giver and live to give, love to give, and give cheerfully, I'll guarantee you based on the Word of God, God is faithful to His Word. He's not mocked whatever a person sows, that shall he or she also reap. There is a law of return, and God is a good God, and He wants to do exceeding abundant above what you've been thinking. Hallelujah. He wants to break you out of your box. He wants to break you out of your limited thinking. He wants you to sing a new song. He wants you to do a new dance. He wants you to give in a way that you've never given before, and you'll be able to give more than you've ever given, but you're always going to have more than you've ever had. When you give more than you've given, I'll tell you, God will make sure that you have more than you used to have. Why? Because he's a good, 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 good God. Hallelujah. God is good. And something good is in store for those that believe his word. Amen. Thank you for joining us at Word of Life Christian Center, where we seek to move upward in prayer and worship, inward in discipleship, and outward in evangelism. We are so excited that you decided to connect with what God is doing here. And if you want to learn more, go to wordoflifelv.com.